Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. Right now at Melbourne Heights, we are going through a series of sermons where we are trying to get back to the heart of worship. So we started into this in our last episode by talking about who it is that we come together to worship. And we come together to worship a God that nothing is too big for and a God that nothing is too small for. And this God, our God, is also present in our lives every moment of every day. So in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how we can respond to this God, this God that is big, this God that is active and present in our lives every moment of every day. And what that all comes down to is really praising him. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So we have now been worshiping together online for almost 11 months. And over the course of the last 11 months, we have talked about a lot of different topics during our worship services. Over the course of the last 11 months, we have spent time talking about COVID-19 and the ways that this novel virus will change our lives, our church, and our world in the future. We've also spent time talking about what the gospel is, and we've shared that good news that Jesus loves us and wants nothing to separate us from him. We've also spent some time talking about how we can all have healthier relationships at home since we're spending more and more time there. And we've also spent time talking about how we can follow Jesus in every aspect and area of our lives. But there's one pretty important topic that we haven't talked about very much over the course of the last 11 months. Even though we've been coming together to worship online every week on our church's website or on our Facebook page or on our YouTube channel, we haven't actually spent very much time talking about what worship is all about. So last Sunday, we started into a new series of sermons here at Melbourne Heights where we are talking about what worship is all about. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're trying to get back to the heart of worship. And the heart of our worship is God. The heart of our worship is God. So last week, we spent most of our time together talking about who our God is. And we saw together in that sermon that our God is an awesome God. Our God is a God that nothing is too big for, but our God is also a God that nothing is too small for. And perhaps the most amazing thing about who our God is, is that God is active in our lives every single moment of every single day. So if we are truly going to worship God, then we have to be aware of God's presence in our lives. So at the end of last week's message, I challenged you to spend some time over the course of the last week thinking about when you have felt God's presence in your life. And I didn't just challenge you to do that last Sunday because it was a nice way to wrap up that sermon. I challenge you to spend some time thinking about when you have felt God's presence in your life because I actually wanted you to spend some time thinking about when you have felt God's presence in your life. And I wanted you to notice that God has been at work in your life in the past and to see that God is at work in your life right now. And I did all of that because when we realize that God is at work in our lives, we want to worship God. When you realize that God is present in your life, you want to worship God. But here's the thing. I don't know if you actually thought about this at all last week. 
I have no idea if you spent any time thinking about when you have felt God's presence in your life. And I'm not going to try to put you on the spot right now to attempt to figure out if you did or not. But I do want to give you the chance to share your story if you did. So if you spent some time thinking about when you have felt God's presence in your life, please feel free to share your story with us in the comments thread on Facebook or on YouTube right now. But whether you actually thought about when you felt God's presence in your life or not over the course of the last week, I want to challenge you to do it again this week. I want you to spend some time thinking about when you have felt the presence of God in your life. Because when you realize that God is at work in your life, you want to worship God. But I also know that it's not exactly fair for me to ask you to do something if I'm not willing to do it myself. So I've spent some time over the last week thinking about when I have felt God's presence in my life. And I remembered something that happened to me about three years ago. And three years ago, I was living through a season in my life, in my ministry, unlike anything that I had ever experienced before. And that season in my ministry was unlike anything that I had ever experienced before, because we, as a church, we were in a place that we had never been in before. Now, many of you worshiping with us online right now, you already know this. But if you're new to Melbourne Heights, let me catch up on it. Back in 2017, our church had to make an extremely difficult decision. We took stock of where we were at and we realized that the best way for us to move forward and continue to follow God's mission and God's calling for our church was to sell the building that we had called home for more than 60 years and to relaunch from a new location. And that decision... That decision consumed a lot of my time and a lot of my life over the course of the last few years. But it was especially tough for me the first couple of months after we made the decision to sell our old building. And those first couple of months were especially difficult because I spent just about every spare moment of my day talking with either commercial real estate agents or meeting with site surveyors or getting together with our lender just to get the ball rolling on everything that it was going to take to get our property on the market so that we could eventually sell it. And after spending time meeting with each one of these people, whether it was real estate agents or mortgage brokers or some other expert in the field, I felt more and more overwhelmed by how much I didn't know about our old building or the work that it would take to get that building sold. And when you spend so much of your time with so many people who know so much more about certain areas than you do, you can start feeling a little bit inferior. And to be completely honest with you, that's how I was feeling. I started feeling inferior. And I started wondering if there were other people out there who could do a better job of leading our church through that incredibly difficult time of transition than I could. But that's when God made his presence known in my life. And God made his presence known through a book that I was reading at the time, at the beginning of 2018. That book was entitled Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. 
and it was written by Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson is the founding pastor of National Community Church located in Washington, D.C. And in this book, Mark shares a story about something that happened to him eight months after the church that he founded, National Community Church, was launched. At the time, National Community Church had about 25 regular attenders. But Mark had been reading through the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua just tells us the story of how the people of Israel finally returned to the promised land after they had been enslaved in Egypt for more than 400 years. And Mark shared that just a couple of verses into the book of Joshua, he heard God whisper to him. And God prompted Mark to do something that would eventually lead National Community Church to grow from a church of just 25 regular attenders into, that were meeting in a, a borrowed worship space to become one of the largest churches in our nation's capital today. National Community Church now owns more than a dozen different properties. And you know what? That is a pretty cool story. And it's enough to make most churches and most pastors feel at least a little bit jealous. But you know what? That story wasn't how God made his presence known for me. The scripture was how God made his presence known for me. Now, like a lot of people at the beginning of a new year, I like to start reading through the Bible in January. So I was only a couple of chapters into the book of Genesis when I read Mark Batterson's story. But through Mark's story, God started nudging me to skip past Genesis and past Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. God was prodding me to go straight to the book of Joshua to read instead. And I have to tell you, when I started feeling this prodding, I was a little skeptical. I was afraid that I was going to flip over to the book of Joshua and that I was going to read through that entire book and not hear anything from God. But you know what? God knew better than I did. In six verses into the book of Joshua, this is what I read. Be brave and strong because you are the one who will help this people. So here I was, dealing with my own little inferiority complex, wondering if I was the right person to lead you and to lead our entire church through one of the toughest times that we have ever faced. And God, God made his presence known in my life. God reached out to me and God led me straight to those words. You are the one who will help this people. So don't try to tell me that God isn't present in our lives. I know God is present in our lives. I've experienced God's presence in my life myself. And the truth is, this isn't the only time that I have felt God's presence in my life. This isn't even the only time that God has used this particular passage of Scripture to make his presence known in my life. As we are all very well aware... Our world has changed dramatically over the course of the last 11 months. And even though we've now all been able to find our own little rhythms for how we live through this pandemic, that wasn't the case last March. Last March, we went from doing church one way for the entire history of Malvern Heights Baptist Church, and then overnight, we couldn't do church that way anymore. Overnight, we went from being able to meet in person to having to do everything that we do as a church 
online. And to be frank with you, we weren't ready for that change. And as I spent time thinking and reading and just trying to figure out and understand how we could do church in a brand new way, I started to feel those feelings of inadequacy and being overwhelmed all over again. And I started to wonder if there was somebody else out there somewhere that could do a better job of leading you and leading our entire church through these unprecedented times. But about that same time, our small groups were reading through the book of Joshua again. And once again, God made his presence known in my life. Once again, God whispered to me through the book of Joshua, Be brave and strong, because you are the one who will help this people. So again, don't try to tell me that God isn't present in our lives. I know that God is present in our lives. I've experienced God's presence in my life for myself. But here's my question for you. What do you do when you realize that God is present in your life? How do you respond to God's presence in your life? Well, we're going to see how we're supposed to respond to God's presence in our lives in the passage of Scripture that we're going to be reading together today. And in this passage of Scripture, we are going to see someone who has realized that God is present in their life, and we're going to see how this person responds to God's presence. So today we're going to be reading from Psalm chapter 30. And just as a reminder for you, the book of Psalms is kind of like a hymnal for the people of Israel. And if you have no idea what in the world a hymnal is, a hymnal is a book that includes things like poetry and prayers and music that we use in our worship. So the book of Psalms is filled with songs and it's filled with poetry and it's filled with prayers that are written by people that are all along the faith spectrum. There are people like the author of Psalm 30 who feel like they are incredibly close to God. But there are also people who feel like God is a million miles away. So wherever you may be at in your relationship with God right now, you can find a psalm that is written by someone who understands how you're feeling. But let's get back to Psalm 30. This is what the psalmist or the author of this psalm writes, starting in verse 1. Here's what he says. I exalt you, Lord, because you pulled me up. You didn't let my enemy celebrate over me. Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help, and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from the grave, brought me back to life from among those going down to the pit. You who are faithful to the Lord, sing praises to him. Give thanks to his holy name. His anger lasts for only a second, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay all night, but by morning, there's joy. When I was comfortable, I said, I will never stumble, because it pleased you, Lord. You made me a strong mountain. But then you hid your presence. I was terrified. I cried out to you, Lord, I beg my Lord for mercy. What is to be gained by spilling my blood, by my going down into the pit? Does dust thank you? Does it proclaim your faithfulness? Lord, listen and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. 
You changed my mourning into dancing. You took off my funeral clothes and dressed me up in joy so that my whole being might sing praises to you and never stop. Lord my God, I will give you thanks to you forever. So in the song, we find someone who has felt God's presence in their life. For the author of this psalm, it sounds like God has literally reached out and pulled them up and away from their enemies. But that's not all. The psalmist also felt God's presence after they cried out to God and God healed them of whatever it was that was inflicting them. And then they go on to confess that they were on the verge of death. But God made his presence known and brought the psalmist back to life. And how does the psalmist respond to God's presence in their life? Well, the psalmist makes it clear in this passage that they had a choice in how they would respond to God's presence. The author of the song makes it clear that they could have been silent. The author of the song makes it clear that they could have continued to weep. The author of the song makes it clear that they could have stayed in mourning and that they could have worn their grave clothes. Or in other words, when the author of the psalm realized that God was present in their life, they make it clear that they could have gone on and acted like nothing ever happened to them. But that's not what the psalmist does. So what does the psalmist do? The psalmist extols God. And that word, extols, it means that the author of the psalm doesn't just praise God. They don't just celebrate what God has done for them. The author of the psalm gives God the highest praise that they are capable of giving. So instead of being silent, the psalmist, the psalmist sings out to God. Instead of weeping, they let joy fill their life. Instead of mourning, they dance. Instead of wearing funeral clothes, they dress up in joy. You know what? In church, we have a perfect word for what the psalmist does when they recognize that God is present in their life. You know what that word is? You guessed it. That word is worship. And here you thought that worship meant logging onto your computer at 1030 on Sunday mornings, kicking back and putting your feet up on your couch and just listening to me go on and on and on and on and on and on. But that's not what worship is. Worship is what we do when we recognize that God is present in our lives. Worship is what we do when we recognize that God is present in our lives. So how should we act when we realize that God is present in our lives? Should we sit in silence or should we sing? We should sing. And we shouldn't just sing like somebody broke our favorite toy, which is often how it sounds when we sing in church. We should sing out like somebody just gave us a free trip to meet Mickey Mouse at Disney World. Or should we wear our funeral clothes? Or should we dress up in joy? Well, the psalmist makes it clear that we should dress in joy. And what does it look like when we dress in joy? Well, I think that it means that we should wear clothes that even the late, great broad, broadcaster Craig Sager would never wear. And he once wore this suit when he won an award. And should we mourn? Or should we dance in our worship? Now, I know what you might be thinking right now. 
Preacher, it's one thing to say that we should dress nice or to talk about needing to sing in church. But this is a Baptist church and Baptists don't dance. But you know what? It's right there in verse 11. The psalmist says, you changed my mourning into dancing. It's in the Bible. That's right. Somebody who wrote part of the Bible danced. So you know what? I think it's okay for you and for me to dance sometimes too. Now, I know that I've been being a little bit silly the last couple of minutes, but here's the point. We get together every week as a church because we believe that God is present in our lives. And every single one of us, we want to grow closer to our God. You're here at least in part because you want to grow closer to Jesus. And if you want to grow closer to Jesus, then you have to worship Jesus. And if you want to worship Jesus, and I mean really worship Jesus and not just going through the motions, it starts with praising him. Worship starts with praising God. Worship starts with praising God. And you can't praise God with a scowl on your face. And you can't praise God when your arms are permanently locked in a cross position. Think about it this way. How do you act during the happiest moments of your life? How do you act during the happiest moments of your life? You laugh. You smile. You clap. You might cry tears of joy. You might even jump for joy. But in those moments, you don't let any inhibitions hold you back. You just let go. And that's what praising God is all about. It's about letting go and letting nothing stand between you in God. Praising God is about letting nothing stand between you and God. Not your pride, not your inhibitions, nothing. That's what I did when I realized that God was reaching into my life and the story that I told you earlier. When I read that passage of scripture in the book of Joshua, I did something that I don't do very often. I cried and I let all of the pain all of the inferiority that I was feeling, everything that I was holding up inside of me, trickle out so that there was nothing standing between me and God. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to praise God, but I want you to really praise God. I want you to let go of everything that can stand between you and God, and I want you to praise God. I want you to sing. I want you to cry. I want you to dance. And I want you to record it so that we can play that video in one of our worship services down the road. Okay, I'm just joking about that last part, okay? But I want you to let down all of your barriers and let nothing stand between you and God. And when you do, you're going to feel closer to God. And you might just feel closer to God than you have ever felt before. But praise? Praise is just part of what we do in worship. Next week, we're going to spend some time discovering what else worship means for us. But we'll get to that next week. This week, focus in. Think about when you have felt God's presence in your life and praise God for what he has done for you. And I mean really praise God. Let nothing stand between you and God. Let go of all of your inhibitions, all of your insecurities, and really celebrate everything that God has done for you. Let's pray together. 
God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, you know, God, that we often hold back when we come to worship you. God, when we come to worship you, we feel insecure. We feel inadequate. We're afraid that if we sing out or if we celebrate or if we do whatever in a worship service, that people will judge us. Even something as simple as clicking a button on Facebook to show the the raising hands and praise emoji, God, it makes us feel a little self-conscious to hit it. But you know what, God? You call us to really worship you, to truly praise you, to let nothing stand between us and you when we come to worship. And the truth is, God, when we realize, when we feel your presence in our lives, that's how we should want to respond. We should want to tear down all the walls, all the barriers that we put up, everything that makes us feel insecure or self-conscious. Let it go and just worship you. So God, help us to do that. Help us to truly praise you because you are active and you are present in our lives every moment of every day. And you deserve to be praised for it. Pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has challenged you to really praise God, to let nothing stand between you and God and celebrating how God is present in your life. Now, next week, we're going to continue on in this series, and we're going to be talking about one more thing that our worship has to include. And I'll go ahead and warn you that what we're talking about next week is nowhere near as much fun as praising God. But we hope that you'll come back and join us when that episode drops next Sunday. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And also want to invite you to come and worship with us whenever you have the chance online. We're live online every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time at mhbclouisville.com slash live. So until we get together next week, I hope that you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.